This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.orapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today, my guest is Scott Siegel, who is the founder and president of J&J Green Paper Incorporated. Hey, Scott, how are you? Good. How are you doing today, Corey? Good. Thank you so much for taking some time. I think uh, you're located overseas. Well, no, our main office is in Miami. Oh. We have we have operations now on um, all continents except for Antarctica. But, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this business? Tell us about your business. Well, and I'll start with what, what we have and where we are, and then I'll sort of uh, back trade a little, give you a Cliff Notes version. Okay. Um, what we have today is a the only viable replacement for polyethylene coated paper material. And and just to sort of snapshot that for you, practically every piece of paper that holds an item, whether it's a coffee cup or a soda cup, or even the box that your tube of toothpaste comes in, has a, a barrier coating on the paper to prevent you, whether it's oxygen, moisture, or grease to get through. And the, the, the typical or atypical pro- product today is polyethylene. Polyethylene is, is a derivative of crude oil, which is also classified now as a single-use plastic. Um, because when you finish your coffee cup, it goes into the rubbish bin. Right. Um, what most people do not know, and I'm sure most of your listeners do know, is that the, all those cups and boxes that you get in bags, they end up in landfills because of that polyethylene coating. It's non-compostable, non-recyclable. It, it, it has some recyclable ability, but it's not economical. And it's obviously non-biodegradable. You know, they depends on what scientific study you, you read, but as it takes up to 400 years for a coffee cup to, you know, migrate into the, into the earth. Wow. And, and it's a problem. And so what we've developed, we started this project, you know, almost 10 years ago, is we have the only organic, 100% biodegradable, backyard compostable and repulpable or recyclable, depends on your terminology, re- direct replacement for polyethylene. We have a product, we, we've trademarked it as Janus, J-A-N-U-S, and it replaces polyethylene on paper goods as a, a one for one. You know, if, you, if they're using one ton of polyethylene, they'll not use one ton of our product. And so that's in essence what we do. And so, so you provide the coating to the, the paper companies. We, we provide the coating to, um, well, it, it's such a, a segue business that it's, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it, we're dealing with end users and then they direct the paper mills, the converters, and everybody in between. Because there's one of the one of the real dichotomy of the of this industry is paper itself is very inexpensive, but it's very heavy. Right. So 
transportation is the bulk of the cost. So you have literally thousands of people in between, you know, the, the McDonald's restaurant and the, you know, international paper, paper mill because of the transportation issue. So, so we're, we're selling and supplying the, the replacement for polyethylene. So we're dealing, uh, we're dealing with everybody in between. It's mostly coming from the users, the end users, and they're, they're now starting to direct you know, the usage of it. Can you tell us a little bit about what the coating's made out of without sharing your industry secrets? Yeah. And it's, we're not really sharing anymore because (laughs) our patents are are in the public domain. And, and so we use what is you, it's a byproduct and in some terms uh, they use the waste of several vegetables and and crops when they are done taking the the for an example one of our part portions is it comes from the rice husk oh. so after the rice kernel has been removed from the husk we we acquire the husk and then we through a process of heat and pressure we extract out of that a a substance which we then use that and blend it with several others to create the the compound for coating of the material. So one of the one of the real interesting parts about our product is that you know unlike ethanol, you know in the gasoline industry which is a a byproduct of corn, you know to create more ethanol, you take corn out of the out of the food market. So it right. it creates a, another problem. Ours we're taking basically a lot of weight that has been people were the industry was paying people to haul it away and we we found a use for it and so we're able to with no interference in the food market you know created this product that is now well it's going to change the face of the of the paper industry you know the barrier paper industry i should say you know ice cream cartons to that little brown box that you put your food in at whole foods you know right on very exciting. And I love to hear those kind of sustainable stories where people are using an item that was discarded and, and turning it into something that's now uh, very productive and, and not only very productive, but replacing an item that's uh, not very sustainable. Well done. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, you can you can now take a cup and in essence, after you finish drinking your your soda or your cup of coffee, and you can literally pitch it out the window of your car, and in twelve to fourteen weeks, it'll it'll compost into the ground. And so it's it's a huge change because you know even the recycling industry, which is 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 very difficult, has to pull all that out and put it into the into the landfill. So now it could go into the landfill and it's actually going to going to compost or biodegrade into the ground. So, you know, it the extrapolation is not just on the the biodegradability or the plastic, as some say, because what you have is a complete vertical integration of energy because it takes less energy to produce our product than it does the polyethylene takes less energy to apply it to the paper. And so you're also taking out and you're reducing the carbon footprint dramatically. I mean, we had to do for one of our customers, which I'm, I'm under a very stringent NDA because they're getting ready to a global announcement, but I will say that they're one of the largest beverage companies in the world if not the largest, and we had to do for them a complete life cycle 
of you know attrition to the carbon footprint mm-hmm. and the carbon footprint alone is something like 60 times less with wow. ours than it is with the polyethylene so it, it, that's what i'm saying you know there's so many factors that that we even we didn't know i mean we've learned along the way just fascinating parts of of what has been you know part of this single use plastic debacle that i mean i don't know any other word that, that is sort of, <laughs> yeah um, so yeah no it's it it's 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 rewarding in many fronts right well that's awesome i i want to be clear to the audience we're not advising that you throw your your cups out oh, the window no. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. But, but but here's the difference you know if you if you went by in any restaurant and you picked up a soda or a coffee cup and you threw it out the window it's gonna it it's it's right. there. So you know it's a huge change. You know when when you start talking about compostability and and repulpability, because even though the timber industry, you know the paper industry, they cut trees. They're the majority of them are part of the Forestry Act, where they have to replace those trees. So you know to give you one set of numbers, which will sort of put that comment in, in perspective. Yeah. In North America alone, we put in landfill 60 billion coffee cups a year okay so so you take that number and now you break that apart and that's that is 20 billion trees and 10 billion gallons of water that is not reusable because if you drink that coffee cup and it goes in a landfill besides the methane gas it creates in the carbon footprint to get it there those are trees and water that can't be replaced. So if you have something that is truly repulpable or recyclable or compostable, part of that is going back into the into the growth of the environment. And so and that's what I was saying. Like, yes, you really should not throw your cup out the window. Don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. But if you do, it's not the same as throwing a polyethylene coated cup out the window because of the negativity that that is, which is why some of the regulations in the world are changing. Like in Europe, this SUPD has become incredibly stringent and, and they're moving force, you know, and other areas like the UK and Australia and even parts of Latin America have been eliminating single use plastic. You know, here we heard about the straws, okay, right. areas and, and things like that, but, but it, it's happening at a very accelerated rate. Yeah, I very well said that the laws are changing quickly. Extended producer responsibility is is taking hold all over the world. And I think what you're saying is very accurate. I think there'll be major changes here soon. They're happening now as we speak. Can can your material be recycled? Would you encourage that? Yeah, actually, we, we have certification. You know, we spent I'm going to say about two and a half years working on getting all of the certifications. You know, we have FDA food contact, food consumption. We have life cycle studies done. We sent the material to get it certified for recycling and repulpability, biodegradability, backyard compostability, which is a big issue because you'll see if you go into the market, you'll pick up cups or boxes and it'll say on there compostable right that's really not necessarily factual it is compostable but if you read the fine print it's industrial compostable right it's not backyard compostable so the, you know there's a lot of these you know little changes you know there's some 
their some of the larger chains they put the little recycling emblem on their coffee cup and people assume that that means it's recyclable but what it means is that 10% of the paper used is from recycled material so you know they sort of clouded over some of the issues but but our product is backyard certified backyard compostable it is a hundred percent recyclable repulpable and it is biodegradable so it it meets all the protocols and criteria that's really great i i've heard a lot of debate about backyard compostable and people saying well are you really going to put your packaging in the backyard you know is it are you really going to put it in your garden you know, but I think the the answer to this that's really exciting is that it's either recyclable or compostable, which to me is the best. Right. I'd like to encourage people to recycle it because we need to keep those fibers in play and, and use them again. Right. But but like you said, if so, something happens and it does end up in a place where it needs to biodegrade or compost, that's great. Well right. done. Well- it's not a detriment. You know, that's right. like you said, obviously the ideal situation is to send it to be repulped so that it can be reused again. Okay. Yeah. You know, unlike what people think about plastic, which only has one or maybe two life cycles. So even if it gets to be recycled, it it, it, it can't be used and it can't be used for other food items. Okay. So we ideally, that's what you want. But as we know, and if you read the statistics, you know, two or three percent of everything recyclable makes it to a recycling facility. So if that happens, then our product biodegrades or composts into the ground. And actually, some of our product adds nutrients back to the ground. Like one of the products that we are patenting right now as an additional product is the replacement for the plastic in farm fields. If you've driven by farm fields where they have like tomatoes or strawberries and they have the ground covered in a black plastic. Yeah. So we, we make a paper that's coated in our material so that when they finish the farm season and they finish the harvest, they can just grind it right into the ground and it actually oh, that's great. back. So, so that's some of the differences with, with, you know, recyclable, repulpable products. A quick break for our sponsor this month. Now is the time to go beyond recycling. SmartSol pioneers certified bio-based water-soluble packaging technologies that empower consumers and businesses to effortlessly reduce plastic waste. Our non-toxic materials quickly and completely disperse when combined with water and agitation, thus making them easily recyclable, biodegradable, and even zero-waste. If zero-waste packaging interests you, Please contact us today at info at smartsolve.com. That is, that's a huge development. Well done. That's very exciting. My father-in-law is a farmer. I, we drive through the, the farming community and see that plastic on the fields. And you hope that they that they are able to clean it up. And, and But you know that it, it's going into the landfill for the most part. So the fact that you can... And that's one of the issues, you know, they yeah. legally now they have to pick it up years ago. They just burned it. But right. but but after 150 days of being in the dirt, a lot of the plastic ends up staying in the dirt. So it, it it's it's counterproductive. But, you know, this is the nature of, of the direction that we're going. Things are changing, though. Things are changing dramatically. What kinds of things are you seeing that are exciting? Well, 
we we're we're doing as i mentioned we're involved with this enormous you know global beverage company and and one of their for lack of a better word partners who where they distribute through is the largest restaurant chain in the world so we're we're doing for them we're running all the pilot programs for you know things like uh hamburger packaging and hamburger wrap and french fry containers and bottle plastic bottle there's we're not a replacement for a plastic bottle but the label that goes around the pods the plastic pods that go into the coffee machines we we make and it's inclusive in our patents we have a replacement for that plastic pod with a paper pod coated in our material so we've been we've been working through many products with with several of these very large conglomerates that are sort of spread around the world in in different products that that have to be replaced you know it's just you know you don't realize the millions and millions of pounds of paper just that hamburgers are wrapped in okay right. i mean yeah. this some of the when you start thinking about the statistics i mean if you take like you know McDonald's as an example, you know they serve six thousand drinks a day per restaurant. You know you're talking right. about ninety billion drinks a year. Okay, so you know there we know their companies like that are huge. What what the consumers don't know is that even the box that your bar of soap comes in is coated with polyethylene. You know, I mean, imagine if you open the bar of soap and the name, whatever it was, Dove or Ivory or Palmolive, it, it was smeared. You wouldn't use it. You would think that right. something is wrong. So they have to coat it, a barrier. And so, you know, we, we and even myself, you know, who who is new to this industry, oh, you know, believe that everything paper was recyclable. Yeah. Yeah, very common misconception. Where did you come from? What was your last? Well, my I, I started in the investment banking business in the 80s. I got oh. hired by a private investment bank that took me to China mm-hmm. in the early 80s. And then I went out on my own in, in 1990. And I've I've my business has been in, in mainland China for, you know, since the early or well, I was working in the 80s from the 90s on into manufacturing and in real estate development. And and this project just it just it just happened. I mean, it, it, it's one of the, it, it truly is one of those stories. It didn't start out this way. You know, we were I was thinking about trying to create a, a new, more green uh, pizza box. Which, oh, yeah. Which led to the polyethylene coating, which led to coffee cups which, you know, led to the search for a barrier. And and actually, you know, the, the real twist to the story is that I found some of the w- method to find a barrier from lipstick. Oh, interesting. Because, you know, lipsticks uh, were primarily all petroleum. And so they oh, started, yeah. you know, the cosmetic industry is probably the first major industry to try to go organic and natural. And and so I started looking at lipsticks that were organic because if they could find a way to make a lipstick that had a barrier because if a woman puts a lipstick on and her and it comes off then it's not a very good barrier <laughs> but we we basically dissected all the organic lipsticks that were around the world until we started finding different ingredients and then mixing and matching it and after a couple of years of of trial and error doing that we started to find a method to have a barrier for paper and so it just it just evolved. And and I will say that COVID 
as horrendous as it has been around the world, has really been a big help in this industry because it opened everybody's eyes to the yeah. to the real problem, you know. And and now now people are really observant because listen, we were all home. People were home, and the garbage was piling up, and and right. people started saying, "Well, wait a minute, what is all this plastic here?" And and yeah. it really. You know, they say one door opens, one closes, one closes, another opens, and and COVID really opened the door. And it may be this one of the saviors of our planet. Yeah, I think a very good point. A lot of people took a hard look at what they were consuming. You know, what their waste stream looked like at home, and companies did the same. You know, because their volume increased. Many of our customers' volume increased dramatically overnight. And yeah. all of a sudden, everything is 30% more or 40% more. And you have to deal with these extra changes. Yeah, that's a great point. I hadn't thought about that as as kind of an impetus for a lot of change. Yeah, well said. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so, you know, and I think that, you know, there there are people on both sides of the fence about climate change, but there's a lot of talk about the plastic in the oceans and, and yeah. microplastics and, in, in, you know, everything you eat. And so people are really, you know, they spend a lot of time on social media and on the computer and on, on the watching t- television during that period when everybody in the world was locked down. Yeah. And so it, it's made a big difference and, and, and it's forced, which is, and for us, the timing couldn't have been better. We came to market with our product right as this was happening. And and then the big companies, the big, big conglomerates that are really the main players, they they need a change. And, and they want to change. You know, we're finding that out. You know, we're dealing on a global basis with, with a couple of these, you know, major companies. And, and they, it, it's not that they are looking to just sort of cover over something. We're truly working with them to make a huge change in in the world. And and they're going to, I mean, you're going to be reading about a couple of them in the next couple of months. They're they're planning a a major global announcement about what they're doing. And and it's, it's not a cover over, you know, you hear, Oh, we're going to, we're going to make a change by 2025, you know, and we'll age free chicken or we'll be strawless by (laughs) that. I, I will say that that the well the the one major beverage company that they really are that they're doing things that that are even shocking to the point with the kind of changes that they're that they're now going to be making to to improve our environment. It's exciting, like you said, a lot of these companies have goals they've announced for 2025, 2030, 2050, uh, which seems too late to me. But yes, I think it's uh, a lot of pressure in a good way on these companies to uh, make major changes and and do things that are more sustainable. That's exciting. Absolutely. You know, and and listen, it, it always comes down to the consumer. Right. You know, consumer puts their foot down then the big guy has to make the change. And and I, I can tell you that the consumer hasn't put their foot down yet. The, some of these companies that we're now dealing with are, this is internal. I mean, they, they see that what has happened and they're trying to, you know, logistically and economically Yep. make make a transition and and so and we're we're part of it with a couple of companies part, I, I say part of it you know there's still lots of things that that are nowhere near what we can we can do we, i mean we can't even fulfill physically the demand that they have put on us we're we're working on trying to even figure that part of it out but they're 
the methodology and the and what they're doing they're they're not going to make this well we're going to get it done by 2030 you know at least they they told us you know we we can't talk anymore we need to be in the market right now yeah And, and they're skipping i can tell you that they're skipping over many protocols that they normally would have because they want it in the market right away which shows you that that even at the very top some of these people want to want to want the change to occur yeah that's very exciting so you can help people accomplish those goals that they've set and i think that's there are very few companies that can really say that they're a part of the solution so well done yeah no we so, we are part of the solution what's the best place uh, for people to reach out to you well we have you know i think for us for, at least from my point of view it's more of an education. You know, the more consumers that really understand what's going on, the better it's going to be for the industry. And 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 I'm one of those that says, you know, competition is good. OK. Yeah. And that the market is so big. I mean, it, it is it's it's ridiculous stratospheric you know i mean 35 million tons of polyethylene a year is used to coat paper just for the for the food and beverage industry and the packaging industry and and so there's enough room for dozens of companies like ours and and the the issue is that there's not enough consumers to put enough pressure for other people to go out and find a solution or to work with us to make it you know to broaden the solution so i think the best thing is for people really to go to like our website you know the jjgreenpaper.com it's not a sales website it's it's purely an informative website and i mean i mean it's embarrassing to say that we can't even keep up with what we have i mean yeah. we're telling people you're just going to have to wait but the more consumers that really digest it and like your your listeners and and then other people in the industry when they find out what's going on then then we can bring more products like ours to the market and then we can sort of fill that gap and shorten that 35 million tons and eventually get it to zero that's fantastic well thank you so much for your time scott i'd like to thank uh, landsberg aurora for your sponsorship and your partnership and support of this podcast if you're listening please take a minute to review it and share it with your friends and thank you so much scott we appreciate it Thank you and have a great day. Let me know if you need anything else. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.